If you're a founder, you know that fundraising is a big part of the job. What you might not know is that Carta is there to help. Carta's new fundraising suite provides startups of all stages the best tools and support to easily issue safes, accurately forecast solution, and quickly close funding rounds. Save time, money, and make your next round your best yet. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Welcome to Inc.'s The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. I'm Alexa, the founder of LearnBest, author of New York Times bestselling book, Financially Fearless, and second book, Financially Forward. I'm also the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital, a venture firm focused on the entrepreneurs of the future. Each week, we sit down with a top founder to share their story of guts, inspiration, and drive. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Alexa Von Tobel, and I'm really excited about our guest this week. Meet Josh Reeves, the co-founder and CEO of Gusto, the people platform that empowers small businesses to take care of their hardworking teams. Josh co-founded Gusto in 2012, and the company now helps over 100,000 companies across America with payroll, health insurance, compliance, employee onboarding, HR, and more. Josh has raised $500 million for Gusto with the valuation well over $3 billion. He was recently named to Fortune's 40 Under 40 and was recognized as one of the most admired CEOs by the San Francisco Business Times. He holds bachelor's degree and his master's degree in electrical engineering from Stanford. Let's welcome Josh. Hi, Josh. Hello. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Quite the background and bio there. Josh, let's just start and keep it simple. Walk us through you founding Gusto and what Gusto does in, in your own words. Yeah, so Gusto is something that has been a big part of my life now for several years. I hope to spend many decades doing it. As you mentioned, we call the product the people platform. We uh, love serving small business. And what we do is we really try to make this process of building a team, navigating complex government, compliance, all that stuff much simpler, much easier, so people can focus more on people. So we just have a fundamental belief that the foundation of every business is their team. So that could be related to payroll and taxes and filings and making that stuff way simpler. It could be around healthcare and health benefits, especially in the time of a pandemic, making it easier for folks to get access to healthcare. And then it also could be related to the individual, helping them kind of put their paycheck to work. So we're actually uh, launching and have launched a bunch of really exciting functionality around savings, uh, making it really just super simple for folks to set aside money so they don't get caught up in debt. So a lot of functionality there. We just feel like we're very early in the, in the journey still and lots more work ahead. I want to go back to the early days, 2012. What did that look like? Yeah, so it was uh, yeah, 2011, 2012. Uh, three co-founders actually were all electrical engineering. So I've been asked, how did three electrical engineering graduates <laughs> from way back when end up in the space we're in? And the quick answer is um, all three of us actually had had prior startups. So one of the ways we got exposed to this pain point was actually running prior small businesses ourselves. So, you know, setting up payroll, setting up health benefits, finding that process really frustrating and, and believing that it could be done in a way easier, faster, simpler way. Uh, and then we also had family who run small businesses. So my co-founder Tomer, his dad runs a small clothing store. Um, my co-founder Eddie, his mom runs a small doctor's office. My mother-in-law runs payroll. So it was really those anecdotes that gave us exposure. And then we really wanted to tackle a big problem where we could spend, you know, decades, hopefully, trying to make it better. And that's how we got started. I love it. Was there an aha moment where you're like, this is so broken, I've got to go fix it? What did that look like? Yes, my advice to entrepreneurs on this topic, because there's that kind of full spectrum, right, of folks that think you like go in a room and have this like magical inspiration, all the way to like, you know, it's just blocking and tackling and execution. For me, it feels almost 
I guess like you can use even a relationship as an analogy here, but like for me, it's kind of this slow, steady journey. And then there's a moment where you're like, oh my God, I could spend like decades doing this. So for us, it was always about started with, with a pain point. Is there something broken? Is there something painful? And we just wanted to build a product that was useful, that was valuable. But it was probably within like the first couple of years where I went, oh wow, like we could actually spend decades doing this. That I guess is probably the closest to an aha moment. So out of the gate, Gusto decided to focus on the small business market. How did you decide to focus on the small business user? Tell us how you, you landed on that as your ultimate user type. Yeah, so we love serving small business. It's an amazing segment. I always remind folks, you know, our focus is one to 100 person companies. That's 98% of the employers in America and a third of the workforce. So it's a huge segment. And for us, it really seemed like it was the segment that had been most ignored, most uh, left on its own, most in pain, frankly, right? There's, you know, almost when we started, close to 40% of companies were getting fined for incorrectly doing payroll taxes, as one example. We knew we had to start small because we were a small team. That was who we had had the most exposure to. And then as we started learning more about small business, we just got really excited and saw a huge opportunity to help folks that up to that point, most major technology companies, again, gravitate to enterprise, had just kind of left small business uh, on their own. I love it. So part of what makes payroll so complex is that there's nuances in each state. And as you stood it up, you effectively had to think about all 50 states that all have different rules that are very complicated. How did you think about scaling and getting as big as you could while also recognizing that you literally had to go state by state? Yeah, I mean, there's 10,000 plus different tax rules. So you, you focused on the state level, you add in local, state, and federal, and you get to even way more complexity. So I guess I'll first say, like, to me, this is a prioritization exercise, right? Like payroll is a key part of what we do, but we also do much, much more now as a part of the people platform. When we were three people just starting out, we had to get a lot of focus. And so we started with just payroll, just in California, really just for new employers. And then we knew that uh, we had these long waiting lists of folks in other states who had heard about us and wanted to use the product. It actually took us a couple of years to get there because we had this belief that if we're going to provide a really comprehensive solution, you know, build a product that anyone could use with no training, no background, they didn't ever have to have run a business before, that it actually had to be really simple from day one. Otherwise, we wouldn't be solving the problem. And so we actually left, you know, a lot of revenue on the table, frankly, in those couple of years by not launching in a number of states to kind of go methodically. It was literally state by state by state. It was all we did for a couple of years until we got to nationwide coverage in early 2015. And that was a big celebration. We had a states party. We dressed up in like <laughs> uh, costumes. And then obviously, you know, from there, we started working on health benefits. So there's just many more sequences to come, but it was a really big milestone for us to reach. Just from you answering this, I'm beginning to get a really good sense of why you say that this is a business that you could love for decades and decades, because you really are almost just an inning one or two. There's so much ahead of you that you guys can continue to tack on. I want to just quickly look back at this year. So COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Dramatic impact on small businesses. You were right there in the epicenter of that. Walk us through how you thought about supporting your customers, You know, many of them getting PPP loans, you know, in dire straits. How did you think about that? I mean, how did you wrap your head around that as this all was unraveling? What did that look like for you guys inside Gusto? Yeah, I mean, it really has been a motivating force for the team. Frankly, we've really aspired to hire mission-driven people who care about serving these customers. And so when COVID hit and then the economic kind of impact, the recession began almost immediately, 
we kind of viewed it as our time to shine, right? A chance for us to rise to the occasion to help small business in their time of need. So that meant a lot of things. You brought up PPP. You know, government was creating a lot of different programs, different stimulus. And just like payroll, you know, it was complex. People didn't know where to go to, what to apply for, how to go do the forms and documents. And so we rallied the team and tried to make that process super, super simple. So making it easy for folks to download the reports from payroll, making it easy to go even apply or set up access to some of these funds. Uh, and we had billions and billions of dollars of, of loans through our partners be given to, to small businesses through Gusto. And we still feel like we could have done much, much more. So that was one big focus. And then there was all the other changes that were happening around you know, emergency paid sick leave, family and medical leave, uh, employee retention credits. There's just lots of programs that were created. And again, that's kind of core to our product. Like how do we make it easier for a small business so they don't have to become experts? We're the experts on their behalf. So yeah, the team's been working really, really hard. You know, on top of that, we went from three home bases to, you know, 1400 home bases, given that everyone distributed to a work from home environment. But it has been really incredible to see folks step up. You recently just announced some new products like Gusto Cash Out that really blur the lines into FinTech and health tech. Talk about those products. We want to hear all about them. What does that look like? And where'd you guys come up with those ideas? Yeah, so we a bunch of basically financial products and also some more affordable healthcare options. So starting with the financial products, it really comes from listening to the customer and also a hypothesis we had since the early days that by being at the paycheck, right, we're at a really unique place. Um, you know, the economy flows through payroll, right? You have to earn money before you spend it. And so can we help people be more empowered with where they send that money, how they set it aside. And so literally today now people can, if they want to go save some money, take 10 bucks out of their paycheck, set a goal. And because that's happening through Gusto, it's it's dead simple. They already have an account. They already have a login. The money's already being routed. And so savings is a big piece of what we've launched recently. On top of that, if they, let's say, don't have savings yet, we know that a lot of people that are living paycheck to paycheck end up getting caught up in overdraft fees, credit card debt, end up taking out payday loans. And so there's this concept of access to unpaid wages. If you're getting paid every two weeks, but you work every day, you know why can't you have access to that money earlier? And because we're the payroll system, we can actually do that in a way that no one else can. We can do it for free because we actually know how much you've worked. We actually know when you're gonna get paid next, it's gonna be through our system. We know if your employer is gonna have the money to pay you or not. And so really we've taken something that for a lot of folks is a whole industry. And we think that's actually not the way it should be. You know, people should have the ability to access unpaid wages for free for emergencies when they need them. And that's what we're doing now. And we think every ultimately company with this payroll should have this type of functionality. And so that's exciting. We launched a mobile app. We also launched a cash balance accounts. So you can have a debit card and get really great return on, on spending through that. So a lot of great financial product functionality that again, we think is unique and different because it's for free and because it's attached directly to the paycheck for the individual. Who came up with the rule that you get paid every two weeks? And if you think about it, you work every day. Why can't yeah. you get paid every day? And part of the living paycheck to paycheck is because you don't get paid every day. Yeah. And you're actually solving that problem. You know how exciting that is? It's something we've been excited about for a while, and we're just so thrilled to have it out in the I mean, wild. How and am I here? I'm just like you. I mean, that, think about that. You can give so much more stability to the American family if you could act. At some point, I do believe people will get paid daily, hourly. If you're working, why doesn't it hit your bank account? And it's really the friction around moving the money. I think we'll look back upon it, and hopefully sooner rather than later, much like when we used to write checks to pay bills every month, and say, "Wow, why? Why were you paid every two weeks?" and 
Again, I think guardrails are important. The goal here is not for folks to access money to spend it quicker, but it's to give them the chance to go really start saving and planning and having more of that financial foundation, making it easier to take these actions so impulsively simple that you have much, much higher adoption. That's the magic. That's the secret sauce. So that's a lot of what we're excited about is, is again, helping people um, be more in that driver's seat uh, through some of this functionality. So Josh, you're sitting at the helm of a company that really, really gets to think about the future of HR tech. You have such a unique point of view. If you have to fast forward a decade, what are the things, the trends, the themes that are obvious to you? Yeah, well, it always should start with pain and something that can be made better. But I do think we're going to see a blurring of a lot of these categories. You mentioned a few. So there's kind of payroll, there's HR, there's insurance tech, there's healthcare tech, there's fintech. All these terms don't mean anything to the, the end user, the customer, the person. They just want to be able to access their money. They want to be able to access healthcare. They want to be able to set aside money for the future. They want to be able to take care of their families. The small business owner wants to build a good team. And these industry terms don't mean anything to them. So I think we're going to see a lot more blurring of those lines. And in particular on the uh, healthcare area, something that uh, I didn't mention we launched also is just the ability for businesses to contribute pre-tax dollars to help their employees access healthcare. Um, we know that larger companies have historically done more support for healthcare. We really believe every person should have access to healthcare and that employers can play a role in that. But in particular, many employers can't afford small group health insurance. And so one thing we launched this week too is the ability to literally set how much you want to contribute, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. It's pre-tax. It's a government program that just doesn't have a lot of awareness. And because we're good at making things simple, you know, on using Gusto, you can just basically do it very, very easily. So I think, you know, blurring the lines is one big bucket. I think healthcare and making it something that everyone has access to is another big, big one. Uh, and then I think also the focus on the employee. I think a lot of these systems have focused too much on the employer. They both matter. They're both super important. And what's nice as a small business focused company is when I talk about a five or 10 person small business, the employer is also an employee of their own company, right? They're getting paid. They're obviously using all of the same benefits we're talking about. And so I think people sometimes forget that like when you're a 10 person company, the employer is one of those 10 people getting paid inside their own business as well. That's so great. Gusto was part of YC and you're now one of the absolute highest value businesses that's come out of YC. You've raised a ton of money and, and you know, as you've gone on this journey and I can tell you're kind of just getting started. How do you think if you had to go pay it forward to another entrepreneur around, the, around them thinking about fundraising, what have you learned? What, what, what are like the one or two things that you just swear by that every entrepreneur should know? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing I would say is our goal is not to, was not to raise money, right? And I, I think this is super important for any mission-driven entrepreneur. Like Gusto does not exist because we wanted to have a company. We exist to fix a problem. And same thing with fundraising. You know, fundraising is a means for us to go accomplish a goal. It's not the goal itself. And right. so I really encourage folks to always think about like, what is your business objective? What is the thing you're doing for your customer? What do you have to build? What then maybe it's team cost, maybe it's some other CapEx cost you have. And then that's a reason to raise money. So always have a reason to raise money and know why. Otherwise it's easy to get caught up in that game of almost raising for the sake of it, which can be very distracting. Uh, the second would be, um, I've always thought of fundraising as hiring. You know, when we talk about building a team, you know, you're obviously, hopefully many people are very intentional about that. 
Fundraising is you welcoming someone to your team. They are joining your organization. So if you think about it through that lens, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. You're evaluating not just their ability to give you money, but also their value system, their motivation, why they care about your problem. And especially at earlier stage, I think applying that lens, fundraising is the same as hiring, can really change uh, an entrepreneur's perspective and has been really valuable uh, in the context of building Gusto. Alexa here. Not only do I get the opportunity to speak with all types of founders on For Starters, but I'm a repeat founder myself. We all know how vital fundraising is to a startup. Carta knows this too. That's why they had founders in mind when they created their fundraising suite, providing tools and support to take the friction out of fundraising. They save founders time and money, allowing you to focus on your goals, not the admin work needed to close around. From simply issuing safes to quickly receiving funds, Carta Fundraising Suite helps their cap table customers raise a better fundraising round. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. So I want to switch gears, Josh, to talk a little bit about you. Did you always know you were an entrepreneur? Was this you know, a problem you fell in love with? Have you always been entrepreneurial? Talk a little bit about your own journey as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what that word was growing up. And, and I really, when I think of entrepreneurship to me, this is not just about startups and tech. Entrepreneurship is about having a, a point of view of looking at the world around you, not liking the way it is, wanting to change it, and then doing something about it. And like, you know, entrepreneurs are people like my parents. My mom is an immigrant, came to the US from Bolivia, created a whole new life for herself, put herself through school, learned a new language entirely on her own. Uh, my dad, you know, grew up in a small steel town and outside of Pittsburgh, like came out to San Francisco. They're both the first in their families to go to college. They're both teachers. So, you know, for me, entrepreneurship really is more about like, I want to solve problems. I've always loved solving problems. And when I was at Stanford, that's where I got a lot more introduction to this high tech startup world. What I realized is you can use technology to solve big problems. And that got me really excited because I like technology. I like solving problems. And that to me is the secret sauce of Silicon Valley as a concept, not the place that I most admire. It's folks that want to go tackle a big problem, solve it with technology, and then do it in a way they're proud of. And that's really guided me a lot over the last eight years in the context of building Gusto. I love it. What do you think are the most important leadership qualities that you've had to think about or focus on, or that makes a company's culture strong, given that it's sort of meta. You literally run a really important HR company, but you also have to think about HR for your own company. What do you think, again, leadership qualities you think are really invaluable that you've learned on your own? And then also, what do you think great HR looks like? I'll choose one or two. So one of the most important things a leader does, and, and everyone in a company is a part of, is team building. And so when I think about team building, folks oftentimes focus on recruiting and hiring. Like, I guess a foundational belief I have, and it really has guided us at Gusto, is that recruiting and team building is all about searching for alignment, right? I don't believe companies convince people to join. I don't believe candidates convince companies to hire them. It's both parties trying to figure out, can we go do something great together? So at that alignment at Gusto, we've codified into three dimensions. It's values alignment, motivation alignment, and skill alignment. And so uh, that's something that I, I would recommend to any entrepreneur, anyone building a team, anyone that aspires to be a leader is really become a student of what is your philosophy around team building and hiring. And it's not just about that last one skill. The values and motivations piece matter so, so, so much. And then uh, I think a second I'll point to is just as a leader, you know, I joke my job is to keep firing myself from as many jobs as I can, right? I've worn many different hats at Gusto. Um, that means, you know, ultimately uh, decentralizing, bringing folks on board, trusting them, giving them the autonomy to go 
make uh, decisions for the areas that they're responsible for. So I think that's in particular can be more challenging if you're scaling quickly, but is even more important when you're scaling quickly is how to know that like what works in one phase might not work in the next. And how do you keep rethinking the way you work? That desire to kind of embrace change and adjust. Uh, I know that what worked in the previous chapter might not work in the next chapter. Um, that's also just a really critical ingredient for a leader in a scaling company. Can you tell me a time where you were at the helm of Gusto where it was really, really hard? What was the hardest thing that you feel like you had to manage through as, as a leader? And what do you feel like you learned from it? I'll point to some specifics. Like, again, first time I was hiring an executive, I had never done that before. I mean, I've never run a company of this size before, right? So everything is day one for me. And that's a chance to learn. You know, we feel really grateful. We've had these amazing uh we had 20 CEOs, you know, founders as our angel investors. So I've had this amazing set of folks to, to leverage and access for advice. And think about it, if you can get 20 founders to angel invest, that's 20 mentors that really care about your well-being. That's awesome. I would have paid them money to be involved instead <laughs> they gave us money. So I am forever grateful for that dynamic. And they were excited about the problem we were tackling. But yeah, I mean, I can point to like literally building the first leadership team. Uh, obviously, opening a second location was a really big process for us because we wanted to make sure we call them home bases that, you know, you don't feel either advantaged or disadvantaged by being in one home base versus the other. So there's a whole philosophy we have around how we approach um, leadership location. And then, you know, an easy one I'll point to, like when COVID started, shifting to 1,400 locations and having now Gusties be all over the place and still have to go do our work to help small business. I mean, many, many late nights, but a lot of folks coming together to make it a smooth process. Um, but you know, a lot of, lot of challenges in that process too. I can only imagine. So I know that you are a varsity crew athlete in high school. How do you think athletic experiences translate to leadership? Yeah, so I was on the yeah, crew team rowing team my latter two years of high school. I actually think of it as almost probably the first real team I was on. And, and the reason why I say that is in crew, there's definitely this individual process of like, you know, training your body and then in the boat rowing really hard, right? It's a very individual act to kind of try to pull as hard as you can on the oar to get the boat to go faster. But then these are boats built for speed. There's typically eight people rowing at the same time. And if you're not totally in sync, if you haven't really built a lot of trust and you don't have a lot of alignment on like pacing and how you work together, you'll just like row in circles. So I actually think of it as an incredible uh, related kind of metaphor for, for company building where there's always some piece you can do yourself, but on its own, it's not enough. Like, how do you actually build that collaboration, build that trust, assume good intent, and then have, you know, practice. You have to just spend time with each other to get to the kind of optimal place of, of output or performance. Um, so I definitely, like in the moment, probably wouldn't have described it that way. It was just fun to be in the water. I love, I love exercise and being out uh, on the creek and on the bay. But it actually was pretty meaningful for me if I think about it in terms of how it impacted my approach to teamwork. I like that a lot, Josh. There's always an element you have to work on for yourself, but it, that alone is not enough. That's a really good quote. What are your hacks? What are the things that like, and you know, for me to give an example of the question, I had an executive coach that came in and like kind of triaged how I was spending my time and helped me get a better sense of like what I needed to do to stay sane. What keeps you sane? Yeah, so I have a couple of practices. I mean, they're all highly personal. Uh, but one, I, I could generalize and then I'll go into some of my personal ones. Like I keep reminding myself just to, in a world of, of infinite opportunity and lots of projects and a million things to do, like the simple actions of prioritizing and then being present are, I think, to me, at least the two key ingredients that I keep reminding myself about. 
um, like prioritize what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. And then whenever I'm doing anything, do one thing at a time and then do it fully in the moment and be present. And so how do I get to that place and how do I, how do I remind myself about that? I mean, part of it is separating, you know, from being in front of a computer or on Zoom or in front of a keyboard all day. So I love running. That's definitely one of the places I go where I can go see a place. I'm, I'm very visual. I like to go explore and my runs are usually exploring places. Um, but also, you know, I can't be typing while I'm running, right? So it actually pulls me into this headspace of really being in the moment and being present. Um, and then anything in nature. I grew up doing a lot of hiking. My brother and I are both Eagle Scouts. Like anything outdoors is, is ultimately going to be a, a place of a lot of um, introspection and, and peace for me. What to date was your coolest pinch me moment so far at Gusto? Were you like you and your co-founders literally walked away and said, holy smokes, what was it? The coolest pinch me moment actually is like when I was thinking of like a specific story. Like I did a road trip a few years ago to meet customers across the country. I was literally on a run in New Orleans and I was wearing my Gusto shirt and like someone saw the shirt and went like, are you at Gusto? I love Gusto. And like that honestly was actually a story I've told many times because like the fact that we had built something that someone knew about and was using thousands of miles away, like we knew that we had customers across the country, but actually just meeting folks and seeing their great you know, gratitude, enthusiasm, like that's, that's special for me. I, I can also point to like, obviously the scale we're at is all both, I think still just a tiny step towards where we're going to be, but it's all mind blowing. Like I grew up in like a 1200 square foot condo. My parents are teachers, like, you know, the size, the scale, the people that have joined this mission, the fact that we serve over 100,000 companies, all of those are pinch me moments. The fact that these folks trust us with something so important in their life. But I also know in the future when we get to millions of customers or hundreds of millions of people, it's not, I don't have a milestone I'm obsessed over. It's more about like just continuing to do it in a way we're proud of and continuing to fix something, continuing to make sure we're solving the problem for the customer. So that feedback from the customer is always going to be the thing that makes me you know, most proud and most excited. You love the journey. It's so, it's so apparent. Your like smiling face is amazing. You're such a people person. So my question is, what's your favorite interview question? As somebody who thinks so much about HR and everything is the people, how do you feel like you get to the core of what you think is most important? What's your interview question? So a topic I love to explore with everyone on an interview is really around motivations. So it's a version of a question around like, you have so many things you can do with your time. Why are you choosing to do this thing? But then I usually will listen and then ask why, and then listen and ask why again. And it's usually by the third set of whys that I'm getting into like really what makes someone care about this versus that and into that more introspective state of mind. And, and the best compliment I can get from an interview is like it was a conversation and someone even like realized something about themselves in that process. And maybe we both realize it's a good fit for Gusty. Maybe we both realize it's not. But, you know, I really want to understand what motivates and drives someone because um, I think life's too short not to have that be something that all of us spend time on. And as we get older and go through chapters in life, I think we all get more intentional on the things we care about. And then the things we don't care about as much and letting go of that FOMO. We don't have to love everything. We don't have to care about everything. We can have things that we more want to focus on. To me, is one of the keys to you know, being happy in life, frankly. What's your right now, your favorite part of Gusto right now in 2020? I mean, my favorite thing right now is, you know, just uh, seeing how the team is, has come together. I mean, you know, to be clear, remote and work from home for some folks is amazing for others is incredibly challenging and very difficult there is no one size fits all and you know for our approach to this when COVID is 
better we're going to have uh, flavors and different options because I don't think we would want to force someone into one specific work style. You know, seeing something that at one point was just an idea for a few people and now having 1400 people own it and have this be their journey, their company. That to me is the magic of entrepreneurship. Like I, I couldn't care less when I'm 90 if my name is associated with Gusto. Like it's, it's about the journey to your point. It's about like this becoming something others own and, and really believe in and care about because it's theirs too. And then it's, you know, um, just going day by day, right? We don't want to get too caught up in stuff that isn't real yet. Um, we have a lot of work out of us. I have my last question for you, and I would be remiss not to ask it because, again, I think you probably have some really interesting views, but I believe we're going through a reckoning of work, literally, how we're going to work, where we're going to work, what that looks like. Yeah. What are your views on this reckoning of work? Just what are the things that you think seem really obvious? Well, I think there's, I mean, some of the most amazing, again, silver lining. I, I would not have gotten to get here through a pandemic, but we are here. People now realize that you can access talent in many places and there's incredible talent all over the place. That was always the case. I think people just didn't have the ability to realize it and now it's become much more uh, visible. I think um, organizations operating where you kind of need to like prove to me you're working and have that FaceTime versus assume good intent. Well, now we don't have FaceTime anymore anyways. So, you know, people have to assume good intent. Like there's some good concepts here that are being broken down that frankly, we're hopefully being broken down anyways, but that's just been accelerated. Um, inversely, I also think there is going to be a place for office. I think there's going to be a place for in-person face-to-face interactions. So, you know, I generally just try away from like herd mentality. Whenever there is like the solution or the answer, I'm a little bit dubious. I think every system and every approach has its pros and cons, but I do think work itself has fundamentally changed. And probably the biggest way it's changed is realizing that, you know, we don't have to be controlling people, right? Like that's in how many companies work that way, you know, assume that you have to be there to see if someone's working, like assume good intent, assume that someone wants to work at your company because they're proud of their work and they want to have a positive impact. That's been a big driver of how we built Gusto, but it's actually a belief we have on every business. Like when you hire someone in and they, they already align with your values and they have a passion for your problem, like they already are motivated, right? They, you don't need to motivate them. You need to help unlock their potential. Okay, I know I said that was my last question, but I have my last, last question. If there's one startup out there that you want to pay it forward to, a product of any sort, anything, that you just want to give a shout out to, um, what would it be? I'm actually going to plug, uh, full transparency, a company my wife works at, but I really believe in what they're doing. She's at a company called BetterUp, and they're trying to make coaching accessible to people, not just something executives can do, but could coaching, this ability to talk to someone, have a conversation, talk about one's development and do it at a much, much more accessible price point in all types of businesses. And so I, I love this idea. Like everyone could benefit from a coach. We all want to get better. We all want to improve. It's not just a solo journey and no one's perfect. Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. It means the world to me. For everybody out there, if you want to learn more about Gusto, check out gusto.com and join us next week for our podcast. Thank you. 